0: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Moreau Catholic High School, the Congregation of Holy Cross, and any other agencies, organizations, employees, or company associated with Moreau Catholic High School. Assumptions made in the analysis are not reflective of the position of any entity other than the participants slash authors.
1: Injustices prevail in this world every single day. But we cannot let these injustices threaten our world. We cannot let evil destroy our good. We cannot sit here and pretend like everything surrounding us is okay. We all have a voice. And as people, we need to let our voices be heard.
0: It's time time to to speak speak out. out. Hello everyone. My name is Joanna Webete and I'm a senior at Moreau Catholic High School.
1: And my name is Kylie Spooner and I'm also a senior at
0: Moreau Catholic High School. Speak Out is a podcast hosted by the social justice leadership class of Moreau Catholic High School in Hayward, California. The purpose of Speak Out is to amplify youth voices. It's meant to provide a platform for youth to gather and have conversations on topics and issues that affect us. It's a platform to hear stories, experiences, and narratives from our students and community. Today's episode is being filmed via Zoom.
1: So in honor of the transition from Black History Month to Women's History Month, Joanne and I thought it would be a great idea to talk about Black women and our history and our experiences in America, we're gonna talk about a wide variety of topics from hair struggles to ebonics, to just growing up and learning to love ourselves. Mm-hmm. We hope that you guys just learn a little bit more about black women, and we hope to educate you, educate you all on our
0: experiences. So starting off, speaking of hair struggles, do you wanna give your story about hair struggles and growing up, just your your stories about your hair?
1: Um. Yeah, so growing up, I think it's definitely been quite a journey learning to love my hair. Mm -hmm. Uh, Growing up as a little kid, um, I always wore my hair in puff balls and things like that or my two little braids and things like that. But whenever I would go to school, I went to school with mostly white kids Mm -hmm. and they always like, you know, would touch on my hair. They would pull on it and try to unbraid it and rebraid it and things like that. You know, just touching on my hair without my permission. Um, They also would critique it and things like that. They call it nappy or say your hair is unprofessional and things like that. And so I just struggle with learning to love my hair. So, you know, I straightened it, of course, to try and be more like them. And then it would be, oh, now you're trying to act white. So really, it was just really hard to learn to love myself and learn to love my hair. Um, But as I got older, you know, things got better and I do love it now. Mm -hmm. Um, I would get called, like my two braids that I would have to the back, they get called dookie braids and things like that by people. And uh, it's just, I don't know, like, it was just really hard to learn to
0: yep. love my hair same same for me like I also grew grew up and went to a predominantly white school and I remember like it was almost it like they're kids right so it's not like they're doing it to be malicious well sometimes but like for the most part they were just curious because like just like our struggles our hair is just not something that is known about like popular so when they see it, they just have this like curiosity and they just always want to touch it. Like right. all the time when I was younger, everyone's like, Can I touch your hair? Can I touch your hair? It looks like a marshmallow, it looks like cotton candy. They would they would do the most. And I'm just like, no, no, thanks. Like it's it's it was like I just felt like an other because like no one's ever asking these other kids, like, can I touch your hair? Um, but it's like when they always wanted to touch it, it just, it just made me feel like, oh, I'm so much different from you and you see it and I see it. And also like having short 4C hair, I just always felt really masculine. Like whenever I didn't have my braids in or like whenever I didn't have box braids in, I just always felt like I needed to overcompensate by like wearing earrings or wearing, um, necklaces just so that people knew that I was a girl because like I had a really binary um, understanding of gender expression back then but like I always felt really masculine with my short hair and it, that was always a point of insecurity with, um, with me.
1: No I totally feel that. I think um, growing up you know it's just kind of been like you know, they touch on it and things like that, and they're feeling on it, and I didn't know how to respond to it. I wasn't, I didn't have the confidence to tell them, like, can you stop touching my hair, even though I truly did not like it. So I just kind of put up with it for so many years, and I wish
0: I would have just told them to stop touching me. For me, you know? for me, um, when I was younger, it's not that I didn't like it, it's that I didn't know that, I didn't know not <laughs> that it's not okay, or that it's not, like, cool. So, like, I always thought, like, I was a cool girl that got the that they they got to touch the hair but then like as I got older and like it just kept going everywhere I went they would always be like touch my hair like I a few weeks ago I got on my snapchat memory um from this volleyball team I played on um like if like when I was in eighth grade I think and it was just a video of them like three different girls behind me just braiding on my hair and I was just like wow part of a petting zoo right no like a petting zoo like I was an animal at at a petting zoo it was just weird
1: yeah I recently um I was out and about and I don't want to say my exact location but I was somewhere and um I was I was just you know going on about my day but then someone came up to me and they start touching, you know, my weave and they start going like this. Just, I didn't even tell them to touch it. They just started doing that. They're like, wow, did you know, them? It feels so real. Like, did you know but, who they were? Or was it was just a random, I did, but it just for you to come up to me randomly and start touching on it and playing in it. Like, I don't go up to you and start playing in your hair <laughs> exactly. up to me and start literally like stroking my hair and pulling at it and saying, wow, it feels so real.
0: It's just like, why are you touching me? yeah and the like the real part because like it is, real hair, it is real hair but also like when with black women like if they have long hair you just like they're automatically thought that it's not their real hair so when you mm-hmm. see a black woman with beautiful hair long hair it's like oh is that her real hair or is that like a mm-hmm. But like with other women that same stereotype is not like thrust onto them they don't, you don't ask them
1: yeah, and the thing is, like, white women and women of other cultures, they, you know, get extensions as well. Oh, yeah. You probably can't tell because it looks more like their hair, but the thing is, black women can also grow really long hair
0: as well, but they're always asking us, oh, is that fake, you know? Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's the funny thing is now, white women and, like, other women extension, hair extensions are, like, popularized, but I remember, like back I don't know when when we were really young or even before our time like black women who were wearing extensions we were like demonized for it we were called like ghetto and like you were saying they were saying like hair extensions are like unprofessional and all that but now it's like it's like normalized I guess because white women and other women are doing it so like when we were doing it it We were demonized for it, but like now that other people are doing it, it's fine now. And that's that happens to us in so many aspects. So many ways. Mm -hmm.
1: So many ways. Also, like with the hair thing, I feel like growing up, something I've realized is maybe you realize this too, but um, for me personally, growing up, whenever it came to dances or interviews or photos, I always had my hair done flat ironed. It was never me and my natural hair because I just felt like the more professional way to look was having it straightened so I could look more like white people and things like that. But now as I'm growing up, I'm like, my natural hair is beautiful too. Like it took a long time to realize that because it was always put down. But now I realize that it's beautiful and I should have been wearing it out in my puff balls instead.
0: Yeah, I'm still struggling. Like I'm still struggling with my with loving my natural hair just because like of how it's been deemed inappropriate or just like ugly by society. Like I know I have in like, I know that I have hatred for my hair and it's still like, it's still a big part of my life. And I'm still trying to overcome that and start to love my hair again. But yeah, it's like, it's, it's been hard to, to learn to love the hair, if that makes sense
1: right and i feel like you know black women have created so many things we're very um just creative in this way and yeah. one big thing that we've you know had a big impact on for society is the way we we talk mm-hmm. like with aav and ebonics and things like that that's created mostly by black women and i feel like people hated it they called it Wait, death what or- is what is aav for the um, audience African American vernacular English. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a way of speaking um, for African Americans and just other Black people, honestly. Um, it's kind of our own little language that we created to kind of just stand out and be ourselves because mm-hmm. everything else in our culture has been taken and colonized. Mm-hmm. Um, so for instance, like child or period, cis, uh, press, finna, mm-hmm. like those are words that you know Black women mostly have created and started to use and now it's been kind of uh like I said colonized taken and other people are using it but when we did it it was you know seen as really just ghetto and why are you talking like that like uh-huh. properly yeah. but then when white people and other people started doing it then it was like oh that's trendy let's start saying that I, I kind of yeah. like you know yeah.
0: let's lines too. Uh-huh. I've noticed that like a lot of the the words you just said like period cis child and all that they've been like co-opted by like gen z and i know that i've i heard at one point like they said it was gen z language when it has been in the black community for literal like like years it's been in the black community for decades it's just how we talk and like some fit some phrases get popularized and you know how like phrases come in and out of style Mm -hmm. um so like some phrases get popularized by this generation and then like you see a few months down the line they're like oh you're still saying that like what like when when you say yes like for example yes that was a big thing that was popularized a few years ago but like now if you say yes they're gonna be like why are you still talking like that even though black people talk like that every day and it's not it's not a trend it's just like how we talk you know
1: exactly it's a part of our culture it's a part of our identity like that's just the way we speak and it's not like you said it's not a trend for us for you guys it is you guys go through trends every week but for Mm -hmm. us it's just in our natural born language you know um i feel like um it's seen as cute as a cute catchphrase when Mm -hmm. everyone else does it and then for us like (laughs) even to this day, even though everybody else says it, still when we say it, it's like not okay. Like it's like, why aren't you talking properly?
0: But then when I do talk properly, then I'm whitewashed. Properly. That's the thing. It's that uh, like African-American vernacular English, which is like literally a dialect. It has its own like grammar rules. It has syntax and all of that. It's like a a literal dialect of English. And that's considered talking improperly versus talking properly but it's like you we still communicate completely just as much as like the proper way to talk I wish there was a different word to say other than just keep calling it proper because it's not proper versus improper it's just two different ways to talk
1: exactly I feel like with the whole whitewash thing, though, like, I know both of us have oh, definitely yeah. had our fair share of experiences in that field where we have been seen called whitewashed by not only white people and Asians and Hispanics, but also by Black people. We've been called whitewashed by our own people, but no, we're not whitewashed. We just talk, I hate to use the term, but it's just a proper way of speaking. I don't know why people um, hate on it or they try to make us seem like we're different types of Black people, like, dividing us up more than we already are divided you
0: know or even that like uh, I just want to clarify like it's not proper it's not a proper way of talking it's just different but like um yeah when I was younger and even like at the beginning of high school um you know what I'm talking about <laughs> but like that old friend group that we had um I remember that these girls would who were black would just always kind of like penalize me and I, I noticed you too but like for the most part I just was noticing myself because it's myself but like they would call me whitewashed and then they would just alienate me because because I guess like they don't they don't understand that there's different black people and everyone is equally black and equally valid in their blackness but it's like they they just want to group us all together like we're not a monolith there's so many different types of black people not in so many different types of black people in america like you your um your family has been in america for generations right and and for me i'm first generation like my parents immigrated here from nigeria but i'm just as black as you And we have different cultures, um, um, me, Nigerian culture, you, Black American culture, but like that doesn't take away from our Blackness and that doesn't make us whitewashed, if that makes sense.
1: Exactly. Like back to that whole just freshman year and actually throughout <laughs> all of high school, I still get whitewashed by people. You know, I don't know they try to like make me feel more less than, like I'm not just as Black as you are, like no matter who sees us, we're both the same skin color mm-hmm. or Around the same shade, we're both still black, you know? And I don't know. I feel like it all just depends on where you grew up, honestly. Like, I did live in certain areas where people talked with more of the Uh AVE and things like that. And so I grew up talking like that. But then I also grew up in areas where people talked more in a different way, where it was, that seemed more proper, let's just say that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it just, depending on where you grew up, you just learned to talk that way and take on those mannerisms.
0: Yeah, and it's, um, since we both um, grew up in, like, white communities, or, or adjacent to white communities, like, I know and you can talk about your experiences too. I know I experience a lot of just like microaggressions. Like mm-hmm. one for example would be like the petting of the hair. It's exactly. just like a little microaggression to show that you're not you're not like them or they don't see you like them. And then just like small comments like you're not like other black people. Like what is that supposed to what mean? What do you mean by that? Or like when they would oh when they would be like oh b- but you're different like you're what different. Do you mean different? I've gotten that one yeah
1: I've definitely gotten that one by close people that I know that are white like, I'd go over to their like friends houses and I've had a parent say to me oh you're not like other black people what do you mean I'm not like other what black people that? I mean, break that
0: down a little bit you know it just shows their stereotypes that they have for the, for black people and the fact that we're not allowed to be different in that we're like all grouped together when there's so many different intricate personalities just like in every other race like all black people are different so what do you mean i'm different from other black people what do you really mean by that exactly and back to like the hair thing another microaggression
1: that i'm sure we face is oh you should have strained your hair so it looks more professional like what's wrong with the way my natural hair looks why do you hate it so much yeah like, our hair is so magical. Like, it can do so many things. We can straighten it. We can curl it. We can wear it, you know, in the natural kinky way that it looks, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: And growing up in the, commu- in the community where I was sometimes the only Black person, and, and I have three sisters. Sometimes we were the only Black people, and sometimes there were, like, a few others. But it's it was, like, for me, it was pretty traumatic for lack of a better word like just like going through being different and and having to acknowledge my difference and having to acknowledge that I'm not seen like everyone else it was just like really saddening like I remember one time my sisters and I were playing um We were at a park at a park near our house and we were very young i don't even remember how young we are we were but my younger sister was playing with this little girl and they were just like playing like kids do and um this girl the girl got called by her mom so she went over to her mom and then she came back with with like a solemn look on her face and she was like oh i can't play with you anymore because you're black Hmm. so that was one of the first times when i was younger that where it was like outright said to me like you're different and we don't like you because of that just because of color of our skin and i remember because my sister is 2 years younger than me so i feel like i was in like 3rd grade and she was in 1st or something mm-hmm. and she the set the sad look on her face like we just didn't understand racism at that point So, so we were just like what did we do like and we didn't do anything we were just black
1: no yeah that there's definitely been experiences like that for me too and it's just hard to like recover from that you know you always just think back to it like why didn't you like me like because of the color of my skin like you don't even know me you don't know my true character but because I'm brown you have this hatred toward me for I don't even know for no reason. Just because back then you didn't like they didn't like black people, so you carry that today. Like yeah. times are different, you know.
0: Yeah, and like it's just hard to be reminded, <laughs> to be reminded of how much we're not liked, and just like every aspect, like in the real world, and then also on social media. So like, uh, we were talking about this earlier, I think, but um, like on the app TikTok there's just been this like influx of hatred for black women (sighs) and and it's like so many people have just just outright said like ugly called us ugly undesirable and gorillas and stuff there was like a list that was made and it was like all these different races and listed the races and then it was like a rock (laughs) And then under rock was like black women just to show how how hated we are and and it's like people have just gotten clout off of just not liking us because they know that that's like the consensus and i just don't understand what we did to deserve that why are we
1: like some sort of joke to people one thing that always scares me especially when it comes to let's say friendships or dating just any relationship in general is it's kind of like I don't know like they get clout when they don't like you and then they get clout when they do like you yeah no but we're always for some reason a joke to people like I don't know it's in coming from our own black men too like they're like oh no black women ghetto too much to deal with and they have such an aggressive attitude but then the latinas oh, oh yeah spicy so spicy uh-huh. we love the act so weird and the it's white, so women, weird. white women white women they're just seen as oh super cute and you know like very desirable but it's just like if you can't handle a black woman just say that like if you can't <laughs> deal with just say that
0: and yeah with the white women thing I feel like the feminization of white women has always come at the detriment of black women mm-hmm. so like the more w- the more feminine they are the more masculine we are and just like even even in our own community with colorism yeah so like if you're if you're more dark-skinned you're going to be considered more masculine and if you're more like light-skinned or fair-skinned you're going to be considered more feminine and that has just done so much damage to dark-skinned black girls oh yes Uh for sure
1: and also just even with hair, like you're talking about earlier, if you have longer hair or curlier hair, you're seen as more feminine and you're more desirable. But then if you have more kinky hair or is it, if it's shorter, then you're considered more masculine and things like that. And then also another thing, the big thing is for me is just when you're a tall black woman, and you're athletic or if you're just not even athletic, but if you're more on the masculine side, Mm -hmm. then you're considered, they ask you if you're transgender. Oh, they compare you to transgender people like Meg Vestalian, Michelle Obama, things
0: like that. Serena Williams. Serena Williams, yep. Whenever there's a tall black woman who is just like really secure in herself or like just has a lot of dominant energy, we are just automatically just like, I don't know. It's like, a, it's, it's a joke, I guess. Like they don't, I don't think they really believe in their heart of hearts that we're actually trans, mm-hmm. but they just think like comparing us to trans women is just like the biggest, funniest joke in the world.
1: Right. And I've had that just, experience. I've had that experience twice. Like um, it's, and there's no hate to trans women. Like they're beautiful. Yeah. I was about to say. Just, kind of like just want to break that down there's no hate to trans women at all but it's just like why why are you just why do you think I'm trans you know when I'm not um I definitely had the experience with someone where um where i am um just doing nothing like I don't know I just um I had on one of my like uh wigs it was like this except like brown mm-hmm. um and they were just like you look like a trans woman today like we were just in the car and they said that I was just kind of like what does that even mean they're probably trying
0: to like make a joke or be funny kind of like down
1: what's funny about that right you know it just I don't know I just don't understand that and like this all just goes to say that black women deal with so much in America and it is just so unseen and we have to bottle up all these emotions and all these experiences that we go through but really it is so hard it's so damaging and I I just feel for every black woman in America, no matter your skin tone, no matter your height, no matter your size. Like there are so many things that we go through that is just that we are the only ones that go through it. We are like the most
0: hated in America. And back onto the masculinization and like the trans thing. Oh excuse me. <clears throat> um so like not only is it like harmful for black women, it's also invalidating for trans women as well. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like when they see us and they think, "Oh, like that's a man in a wig." That's not like they don't think like it's a trans woman. They think it's a man with like who's like wearing feminine clothing. So it's like it's also invalidating for the trans community as well. Yeah. Um Definitely. but another thing yeah another thing that i wanted to talk about is just like the lack of diversity like when we were growing up in like television or just media in general
1: oh yeah that's definitely a big thing for me too it's like i don't know growing up all i saw were white women i watched hannah montana uh I can't even name wizard of Waverly place <laughs> Bill of charlie all of that stuff and then. We had Shaken Up, Shake It Up and That's So Raven. Those were like our, and I think The Proud Family. That was literally the three shows that we had with Black people in it. But the hard thing is they didn't run as often as all these other shows. So what did I see mostly on my TV? It was white women. And so I grew to just think like, oh, like I guess Black women can't do this job, you know? And this is an industry that I now really want to go into so I can make that difference in the world and have more Black girls see me on their screen and things like that and know that they can do it too. But it was just kind of like, harmful just not seeing people that look like me on my screen zendaya was the one bit of representation that we had a light-skinned woman and 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 she's so it's just kind of like we need to see more black like dark-skinned black women on our tvs like lupita her for instance she is a very prominent role now she's becoming a very prominent role in the tv industry
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i know that yeah like you said there's been a lot of there's been like a surge of diversity or they're, they're trying to be more cognizant of like adding diversity into it so that people who are young now will be able to look at, at the screen and see, see themselves in the people who are playing these roles. Mm-hmm. But I remember when I was younger and there was like no diversity on Disney Channel, no diversity on like Nickelodeon and all that. And just like not seeing, not being able to picture yourself it's just, it's just like really saddening. Exactly. Like, and like one princess.
1: Exactly, and <laughs> she she's, she's, she's a frog. She was barely, she barely got any screen time. Yeah, was she really. was
0: a frog like three fourths of the movie. Mm-hmm. It, it's ridiculous,
1: you know. Like, oh. oh my gosh, I feel like, like I've always like, you know, people are always like, oh, which princess do you love the most? Or, do you admire? And, you know, the white women, they have Belle and Ariel and all of that good stuff, and you know i have tiana but she was a frog for like majority of the movie and it just and that's another thing with that oh my goodness is the fact that they made she was so independent in the beginning she did everything on her own and then towards the end they had to have a man come and save the day for her yeah yeah that's another thing oh that's
0: a whole nother topic
1: that we yeah that's a
0: whole another thing because that's all the disney movies except for frozen um And another thing I wanted to talk about was this huge misconception that the Bay Area is like this beacon of no racism, no hatred, all inclusivity, like we do pride ourselves in like being pretty inclusive and there's a lot of diversity here in the Bay, but it's definitely not not racist if that makes sense
1: yeah definitely this summer with um everything that happened with the Black Lives Matter movement and it was the- eye-opening very eye-opening yeah I learned a lot about people uh, my friends and their family members and people
0: who were the closest
1: to me who I just
0: learned weren't even like didn't even support
1: the Black Lives Matter movement I was <laughs> just like oh okay
0: yeah uh, I know I know I have a lot of friends who are I have like Asian friends, Hispanic friends, white friends. Like I have a lot of different friends and different races, but it wasn't until like this summer that I found out that their family members, their parents, or just like the people that they surround themselves with are like really Mm anti-Black. And I didn't know that. I didn't know. I thought it was just like a not a white versus Black thing, but I didn't know how prevalent anti-Blackness was in other communities.
1: Right. You would think that POC, as POCs, we'd all be more loving of each other and accepting, considering we don't, we go through similar issues, not the same, but similar struggles. Yeah. But you just learned that, no, people are really against Black people.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's kind of like, I've been brought around people's family members who I w- who I learned that, don't or who are anti-black you know it's kind of like why would you bring me around these people that's very dangerous and then, meaning,
0: yeah. yeah and then that goes back to oh you're different you're not like that exactly, so you're, you're okay but like this other black person wouldn't be okay
1: or like I'm the one exception or the token black friend you know that
0: I, Ooh, the token black friend I was I was the token black friend in a few I'm friendships token black friend too. yeah
1: you know I don't know just this summer it was kind of like when all the protests broke out and things, you know, I did a lot of just, I expressed my feelings a lot on social media. I spoke you out of protest in Hayward, um, but I then also saw people posting things on, you know, their social media that also supported it. And they were also really understanding and, you know, they they can't speak for black people, but they hear us and they see us, that whole thing. But yeah. then I also saw other people who were really quiet, really reserved or even just spoke out about how they were just totally against everything and they gave their whole opinion on it and i don't know it just rubbed me the wrong way
0: yeah and it was like a lot of people who you would expect to be supporting the movement because so they they take so many parts of their personality from like from black from like black people and black culture like they take you- our
1: culture though dressing like us talking like us surrounding themselves with so many black people to be like us but then they don't care to hear and understand our struggles
0: yeah like I remember there was this (laughs) there was this incident where someone told me like someone literally said like I wish I were black like they like what you wish you were black but then the same person like when it came to like Black Lives Matter and speaking up for the Black community and like being an ally, it was crickets. No, yeah. You love our community, you love our culture, you wish you were like us, but then you won't support us when like it actually comes down to it. Something I heard back in eighth
1: grade was a friend's parents say they want to be Black until it's time to be Black. Oh yeah. And it's just like, no, that's very true. You want to be black in all the great possible ways, but you don't want to experience the racism. You don't want to experience the colorism, the microaggressions, the microaggressions and things like that being seen as a thug or being seen as the aggressive black woman. You don't want that experience, but you want the culture and the way we talk and just like, I don't know, like you just want, I don't know. I don't get it. I just can't understand that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like we're we're cartoon characters for them. We're not actual people, or it's just like the caricatures, like, um, like 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 they had in history where they where white people would just like put on blackface and just dance around and mock black people for the fun of it, because it's entertaining for them. But then they would get it. They would, at the end of the day, they'd be able to take the blackface off and then return to their privilege and return to their whiteness or whatever race they are. I feel like a lot of people put on the black persona mm-hmm. or you know, like adopt our personality, the way we talk, perm their hair and all that kind of stuff. But then at the end of the day, they're able to take it off and then return to their place of privilege, which That's we're possible. not able to
1: do. Exactly. That- that's, that's a really big point. We are not able to do that. Like, we have to walk around this skin color every single day. And that's the first thing people see when they look at us. They mm-hmm. don't, like when you're white, they don't see the fact that they, they know you're white, but they don't, they just take away that you're probably just some innocent person that's not going to harm them. But then when it comes to a Black man or a Black woman, then it's like, oh, watch out for them. Like, keep a, keep an eye out for them and see what yeah. they might try to do. You know, that whole thing. I feel like we're always trying to fight for our existence and this country. Yes that's Uh a good point
0: yeah always and yeah we're always trying to like fight against the stereotype that just is placed onto us since birth right like I just I I noticed myself and my mom oh my gosh I remember when whenever my sisters and I would go into like a grocery store my mom would always tell us like don't touch anything unless we're buying it
1: Mm -hmm. because
0: they're gonna think you're stealing and I've been followed around like grocery stores. I've been followed around like CVS and stuff like that because they just like automatically think we're going to steal.
1: I've had that experience, too. Just every time I'm in a grocery, going into a grocery store with my family, my dad says, don't be touching. And we all say nothing. <laughs> that is every It's a mantra. It, that's Exactly. That's Every single time we go into a store, we always have to say that to remind ourselves that we don't want to be seen as a threat or like we're thieves, you know? Yeah. But I mean, that's just our experience. And that's just, you know, as Black women or even Black men, but that's just how we have to grow up in America. And I feel like people don't understand that. Mm-hmm. I think one really big thing that people need to, you know, start doing is, first of all, think before you speak to us. You know, if there's a possibility that like a joke that you may say to a Black woman, for instance, if like you think it may be, if it may be offensive, it might be best just to not say the joke at all. And Mm -hmm. like, ask yourself, what do you mean? Like, what are you implying before you make this certain Mm -hmm. aggression or slur towards us?
0: Yeah, and are your jokes made at a black person's expense or just like another person's expense? Exactly, Mm -hmm. and also keep in mind
1: that like, you know, just because you're friends with a black person, it doesn't mean, or someone in a marginalized community, it doesn't mean that you have an excuse to say a slur or a microaggression just because you're friends with us does not mean that gives you the right or the ticket to use the n-word or you know be you know make aggression towards us that's something that we do within ourselves to just cope with the trauma and the experiences that we've had you know Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and um I'm gonna take a quote from my sister who I remember she like during the Black Lives Matter like um protests over the summer she said something that I think is really monumental she was she said like to be not racist is not enough you have to be like you have to be actively anti-racist always questioning your implicit biases always questioning what you think about someone like what's your initial thought and why do you think it and then also like I'm not blaming anyone because we all have I have implicit biases you have implicit biases Mm -hmm. it's just how our society has you know shaped us but like I think something that we all need to do is work on unlearning those implicit biases and always questioning why we think the things that we think and and like try to go past like the shallow or the surface level thoughts and in question like why do I think this and should I be thinking this and if not let me correct the behavior.
1: Right that's also it's also really important to do research and acknowledge the trends and the legacies that black women have left and just create it and appreciate them for it and, and give credit instead of trying to, you know, you know, make up your own little thing, like instead of box braids, you want to call them boxer braids. Like, no, <laughs> let's acknowledge them and you know, accept them for what they are, you know, and things like that. And while it's also last also while it's important to see past skin color and not dislike someone based off of the color of their skin it's it's important to recognize that skin color difference is a thing and it's perceived different differently in society our skin color is not perceived like everyone else's so I feel like these are just really big things that like people should take away from this podcast and realize that we are different you know be careful what you say around us think before you speak and if you feel like what you're saying is detrimental and like offensive let's just maybe not say it at all you know
0: yeah yeah and not even just around us, like, while you're by yourself, too, because it starts by yourself. It's not like, just like, don't, it's not, it's not just don't say it when you're around us, like, just try to unlearn those things in general, or exactly. when you're alone. Because exactly. that's who you really are, is when you're by yourself, not when you're like putting up a front, or where you're like, making sure to be a certain person in front of others. Right, Exactly.
1: Well, this wraps up another episode of Speak Out. Tune in to hear what we have in store for you next. You definitely don't want to miss out. Speak Out can be found on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Once again, my name is Kylie Spooner. And my name is Joanna Wobita. Thank you for tuning in to Speak Out.